And now, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Hello, and thanks for joining us on this Thursday, October 26th, 2023, seven minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Eric White and Peter Masurlian, our digital editors Daisy Thornton and Darius Lauderdale. Coming up in this hour of The Federal Drive, with the world as it is, U.S. agility is more important than ever. Plus, this group helped write a big new law, and now they have to help carry it out. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of The Federal Drive. But first, the Army's Office of Acquisition, Logistics, and Technology has big plans for 2024 to advance digital transformation. AL&T will focus on software modernization, achieving data centricity, and digital engineering, what the Army officials call building blocks of long-term success. For more about the software front, Federal News Network's Jason Miller spoke with the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Army for Data, Engineering, and Software, Jennifer Swanson. From a software modernization perspective, we have been working very hard to get decisions made by Army leadership, which we were able to get. So we have a lot of support to change a lot of the processes that we need changed in order to really modernize how we develop software. So on the ASALT end, we, we can and are putting out RFPs that have contract language that tells vendors really what we're looking for. Not just give me the solution, but how to give me the solution. I want you to use agile software development. I want you to use DevSecOps. But we also need the requirements, the test, all of the things that we're dependent on to come together in terms of how we do agile and not how we've been doing it. So I got to Ace Auto's Dasa Dust in May of last year, and I would say the first nine months of that, six to nine months, were spent really trying to figure out what are the obstacles that we have that we need we need help fixing. And so we're there, and that's that's huge because we have AFC now completely on board to write requirements in a different way for software, to enable Agile, to be in the sprints with us so that we refine those requirements as we go. We're working with the test community on how do we accept automated test data for credit and all of that stuff. So I think we've made a lot of progress. And, you know, from an internal ASAL perspective, my team is writing playbooks and different things. We have an upskilling curriculum because we're trying to build the skills. So that's kind of where we're at with with software modernization. RFPs are looking different, and that's not going to change. Let me jump in on the software modernization just to pull that string a little bit. One of the biggest challenges, of course, is budget. The DoD generally had some software modernization pilot potential to say, hey, can we show that we can buy differently and do software differently? Is that something that you all are looking at? Is that in your world or is that more big OSD, DoD, and maybe it hasn't kind of filtered down to the Army yet to use know your money to modernize software? So we do have one program in that B8 pilot, which is DCO. There haven't really been new programs added in a couple of years, but what the Army is looking at, and honestly, I'll give the Air Force credit because I kind of stole the idea from them and then took it back to the Army, but uh, the services are now looking at can we just use BA7, RDT, and E as that single year or single appropriation? Because the one of the big decisions that the Army made in the past six months that we that the under and the vice made is we're no longer transitioning software to sustainment. So where prior we were, you know, developing it in ASALT, transitioning it to AMC, and then AMC then needed OMA money because that's a sustainment mission. In CICD, which is 
what we're doing, right, continuous integration, continuous delivery, there is no software sustainment. Software is never done. So can we use BA7 or DTNE for all of those functions? And we believe we can. And just to put a finer point on that, because we, we know we talk into acronyms, we're talking about RTDNE as research. Development, test, and engineering, yes. And then the BA7 piece is? is a flavor of that money. So there's a bunch of different flavors of, right, 6-1 is like super early S&T all the way to 6-8, which was this BA8 money. 6-7 is just before 6-8. Thank you, because we can all get lost in yeah, the acronyms, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so you made this, the decision was made by the chief and vice chief about you said about six months ago. Was that a, a, in a memo? Was that just a, a – how was that communicated – and what does that mean now going forward? About not transitioning to sustainment? Correct. Thank you. So, yeah, there is a memo that was signed by the under that says we're not transitioning software to sustainment anymore in FY24. What does that mean? The the software that is in sustainment today largely is going to stay in sustainment. We're not mostly going to pull things back. We may look at things here and there if there's something that's going to be in the field for the next 15 years that we're adding capability to. It might make sense to pull it back. But for the most part, that's not the intent. However, starting in FY24, the PMs will keep the responsibility for the software and the money for that, that's programmed right now in the SS peg for that software. Um, starting in FY25, we will allow PMs to look to perhaps budget more RDT&E, less OMA, maybe no OMA, depending, right? And so we're going to help them make those decisions on a lot of different factors, but that's really what we're looking at. So moving forward, we want to leverage AMC software, organic software capabilities and expertise to help us. Um, but the PM and ASOD are going to own the responsibility and the money for evolving software. I want to talk about a couple of your other parties, but one last thing around software. You talked about RFPs are looking different. You're, you're t the, the requirements are looking different. Just any examples come to mind? Any, any way to, sh to say, hey, before we'd write it this way, and now we're writing it that way? Yeah. RFPs, for the most part, used to be very solution-centric, and we would explain as best we could what we are looking for industry to do, and then industry would come back and say, okay, it's going to take us X amount of money, X amount of years. This is what we can give you, and we'll deliver you a product three years from now, four years from now, whatever. And that's, that's waterfall, and that's what we've been doing, right? So what's changed? I would say that the significant shift in RFPs is we are no longer just asking, give me a product. We are also asking and evaluating during source selection phase, how agile are you, company? So we're going to use really hands-on evaluation techniques during source selection. And we're doing it right now for um, enterprise business systems convergence. That was the first RFP out of the gate that we modified to look this way that says, okay, we're, we're going to evaluate what you can give us, the product, but also we're going to change the requirements and we want to see how fast can you adapt that software to our new requirements because that's what we need, right? So we're evaluating the product, but also the ability of the company to be agile. And I think that's a very significant shift. The other thing is I don't want something three years from now. I want it now. So we are requiring minimum viable products, right, which is part of agile software development. 
the frequency can, it depends. We're not going to say it has to be every three months. It has to be every week. But it depends on the product and the program. Software Pathway, which we are using now for many of our systems, is it requires you to at least have one MVP a year. We want to do much more than that, though. So we're not, we're not going to settle for just one a year for the most part. There's so much more to talk about software development because I think this is such a big piece, and we could talk, uh, I guess, but I'll move us over. The third piece to the digital transformation, what's that look like and, and where are you heading? Data mesh is where the Army is headed with regard to implementation of data centricity for, for programs, and that's something that we started last June, and we have made tremendous amounts of progress. So... We're building a reference architecture. It's a three-phase architecture. We're finished with two of the three phases, and we complete the third phase in June. We have put out RFIs to industry for each phase, so there's been two RFIs that went out. And I'm really happy to say the second RFI, we got fantastic feedback from industry. So the first RFI... I'm not sure. I think they were like, oh, another RFI. So, you know, here's a solution. Buy this box. But we had an industry day in April where we were very clear that the intent for this reference architecture is it's going to be included as requirements in programs. So when we start putting out RFPs, once it's done, they will require compliance with the reference architecture because that's the only way we're going to be able to really get to data centricity and data mesh. Jennifer Swanson is the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Army for Data, Engineering, and Software speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Still to come, they helped write a big new law, and now they have to help carry it out. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.